This is food. This is beans. No, Adrian. Adrian Pinter. It is high time we talk about Loki, Loki season one, as in a closer look episode, which means that we will talk about Loki season one, meaning episodes one through six, in spoilery detail. So just so you are aware, mm -hmm. audience, if you're listening to this and you have not watched the show yet, it might be a good idea to not listen to this particular episode of Spill Focus, a film and TV podcast. But it's also a good idea, Adrian, to not look at anything to do with uh, Disney's or Disney Plus's uh, social media pages either, I must say. Yeah. Yeah, they don't hold back. They expect you to watch it immediately. So it's a little bit... Uh, I pretty much just stayed off social media every single Wednesday. So, I don't know. Didn't yeah. want to risk it. Didn't want to risk it. I just find it shocking, just to go right into the spoilers right away, that they showed literally Jonathan Majors, like today, on social media, on the Disney Plus like on the Disney Instagram page, which I just find ridiculous. Like, wh why, why not just keep that particular card close to the chest mm -hmm. for at least a week? Like, we haven't hit a week yet. It yeah. aired last Wednesday from when we're recording this. So what the heck? Yeah, I mean, whatever. It is weird. But what did you think? What did you think overall about Loki? The the final season, or the final season, the, <laughs> the first season of Loki starring Tom Hiddleston. I thought it was really great, man. I really enjoyed this series. I definitely think it is the strongest Marvel Cinematic Universe TV series that's come out so far. Uh, and a lot of the reason behind that is because I feel like it stuck the landing, unlike both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Man, or Captain Falcon and the Winter Man, sorry. Um, but not only that, I just feel like I liked the characters throughout the series a lot more. I feel like the chemistry between not only uh, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, uh, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, but between Tom Hiddleston and Sophia DiMartini, who plays uh, Sylvie, uh, I thought their chemistry was really, really great as well. And I just really enjoyed watching these characters interact with one another. Uh, and there's some couple of just real standout moments throughout the series. And I can't wait uh, because they have announced that a season two is in full effect. And I'm I'm very excited to see where this series is going to continue. Uh, how about you, man? Yeah, yeah, I I agree that the characters are are great. I don't know if they're necessarily better characters than Wandavision, but that's that's fair. That that would not be my criticism of Wandavision or Captain uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Guy. But um, just to be clear and to clarify uh, before we get a correction, it's Sophia DiMartino. I know it's tempting to say DiMartini because it's oh. like a drink. Yeah, but it's definitely DiMartino. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like the show uh, overall, and I think that it's better than WandaVision and uh, and Captain Falcon and the Winter Guy because of the same kind of thing I you just said. It's just basically that they stuck the landing. Like I find that the they also took more risks and they're less risk averse. In that, I think the biggest problem with Captain uh, Falcon and, and the Winter Man was that it like uh, it kind of just. It went through the motions a little bit. We knew that already Falcon was going to become Captain America. We knew that going into the show. And they kind of took a step back when you start the show. And then as it gets to the end of the show, he gets the Captain America mantle. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, which is strange. It's like, okay, cool. You, you didn't really move anything forward. The other issue was they had a little bit of a villain problem in that, uh, 
not necessarily both the shows, but certainly that show for sure. WandaVision, of course, the last episode, we were pretty critical of it. We just found that it went to like a weird, like a just an action sequence and it kind of felt with, it felt more like it simmered at the end when it should have been more of a bang and there should have mm-hmm. been maybe a reveal at the last episode. And in this case, like the reveal of Jonathan Majors as King the Conqueror or whatever. He who remains. Right. He remains. A version of of Kang. Mm-hmm. I think that that was brilliant because I didn't see that coming. I did think I, I saw it coming as it, as in like I actually predicted that, but it's not a. I, you might have predicted it as well as as the, mm-hmm. who the, the you know the wizard in terms of the the Wizard of Oz was in this case, but I feel like it wasn't leaked as far as I know. Uh, we knew that Jonathan Majors, the actor who's also uh, plays a role in Lovecraft Country. He specifically, we knew that he was going to be in Ant-Man, yeah. Ant-Man 3, Quantumanium. But we didn't know necessarily that he was going to be in anything, anything else. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's amazing that they were able to have him in the show and not have that leak out. Kind of felt like that. It kind of feels like like uh, Mandalorian had some pretty crazy actor reveals mm-hmm. uh, throughout. And that, that was kind of it, kind of similar. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, that's it, it. Was pretty great. It was pretty fantastic, and he did a fantastic job. A job, Jonathan Majors as the role of Kang. I thought that his his acting job and the the quirkiness of that character is was pretty fun to watch. It was very slow. It was a slow burn episode too. They didn't just like go, oh, flashy, flashy, bang, bang. It wasn't about the action in that particular episode, which I very much appreciate as well. They again, they were exactly. not risk averse. Yeah, it was just a conver- it was just a conversation that entire episode, which was super exciting and I feel like that's kind of what I wish WandaVision was more like because WandaVision throughout the entire series it was it was little action, like very little action I would say. And then yeah, they just ramped it up and it's just this big battle with a bunch of laser beams and force fields at the end and uh yeah, it really fell flat for me. And then also with the ending of WandaVision, it's kind of just like I think about, you know, well, yeah, Wanda Maximoff, she literally was torturing this town for weeks, quite literally, just like in their minds, making them do specific things. And then, you know, the the season finale ends. It's like, yeah, they're, they're kind of pissed off at you, but you can go. And then she just kind of goes off on her own. It just didn't make sense. It well, feels it, it just felt very neat and tidy, like they needed to get back to the status quo. And this show does not do that well, whatsoever. I don't agree with that. I don't think they're going back to the status quo. But, I mean, that, that's to be said. Like, that's to be a story to be told. But I don't think that that's what they did at the end of the – like, that – They of course she left. Who? The, what the heck are they going to do to her? They can't do anything to her. She's like a magical being with, like, one of the most powerful beings we've seen in the MCU. There's no way these regular humans are going to do anything to stop her from leaving. Um. I don't know. I feel like they, they framed her up as potentially becoming the villain, but they didn't necessarily say as much. And maybe that's what you're alluding to. No, but. I'm saying that like the, where WandaVision ends, if we never had WandaVision, I feel like wherever direction the show like Wanda is going to go from there on out, it would be really the like I could see it happening at from the end of Endgame because she still lost vision. And it's just like, oh, yeah, she got vision back and now she lost them again. It's just again, in mm. my in my opinion, it just felt very neat and tidy, uh, tidy and just kind of. Yeah, uh, it. It felt unnecessary, um, although I'm, uh, I'm happy that it exists. Again, I would disagree because, I, again, you couldn't go possibly. I, I think it would be very jarring if she suddenly became a villain. If they do that for Doctor Strange, I don't think that they could just make her a villain if they didn't have that show. 
I think it would be very weird. Like, oh, wow, she's in grief. She's, she's, and she's like, she's evil now. Like, oh, okay, that's, that's pretty shocking. Yeah, but even where WandaVision ends, it doesn't show that she's going to be evil. It just, she just seems like she wants to get Vision back. And again, it's the same exact ending as Endgame. Like, you could just make that same argument. So, I don't, I don't agree. Like, there was no indication in Endgame that she was going to do whatever it took to get him back. That's just not the indication that it was given at all. There was, there was no spot, like, literally, this show is quintessentially that she will do whatever it literally takes to get him back. Well, I don't, anyways, this, again, is not, this is not a WandaVision spoiler cast. We're, we can agree to disagree here, Simon. Um, yeah. I, I just feel like it wrapped it up a little bit too neat and tidy in WandaVision, and this show doesn't do that, was my point, simply put. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny um, with the inclusion of Jonathan Majors that uh, Ant-Man um, – like his his universe, I guess his movies are arguably the most connected to these TV shows so far uh, because of Randall Park's inclusion in WandaVision as well. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny to think about. He has his hands in two of these TV series. But uh, yeah, I really like uh, the inclusion of Jonathan Majors. I think he did a really good job. Um, I, I, he is like, uh, what's the word? Charismatic um, on screen. And I really just like his delivery. And Watching this, I, I'm curious to watch Lovecraft Co- Country because I know that show is very well regarded and he's the main character in that. So uh, I'm curious to see him in more. Um, one thing I did want to bring up, though, it's kind of interesting because I don't know if you recall the original phase four like MCU order. This show was supposed to technically come out after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Do you remember that? Um I don't, but I mean, none of the orders matter anymore. Like they've structured and mapped this out so much differently than they could have like, imagined. It's uh, everything got pushed so far back and everything got rearranged multiple times. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't think Sam Raimi was even on board the Doctor Strange movie by the but, time they rearranged it. Like when it was uh, origin- originally announced? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just saying like – yeah, like it originally it was supposed to come out after. So I'm curious if they had to rework Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh, because of this show. Because I know Loki is supposed to appear in Doctor Strange, if I recall correctly. I might be wrong about that, but I swear uh, I, I read that uh, there. I know Wanda is supposed to show up in uh, Doctor Strange. So it's weird uh, how this this because Loki ends with the creation of the multiverse. It seems like it's Loki's fault that all these strands are opening. And it seems like Dr. Strange's movie in the multiverse of madness is maybe it's happening because of what happened in Loki. That's, that's kind of uh, what I'm looking into it as. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see like how much this timeline has shifted since. Um, And I'm curious if they like kind of adjusted the after credit scenes and, specific like in black widow as an example because of this timeline shift um but yeah anyways um in terms of kate heron who directed uh this series um obviously like we both really like this show um i think she did a fantastic job i'm pretty disappointed because she has announced that she's not coming back for season two uh nor has she nor is she returning for any uh, anything else that's in the Marvel universe. I was kind of curious as to why. Um, and I looked into it a bit, uh, sorry, looked into it a bit and she had a little quote. Um, this is a little bit of a long one. She was uh, speaking to, I think the Hollywood reporter, uh, but 
Simply Butch, he said, I would say that when I joined Loki, it was always going to be those six episodes. We were treating it like a movie and we were running it like a movie. We weren't doing it in the showrunner system. So it was a lot to direct these six episodes and I gave it all my energy and everything I had in my soul and in my heart. I threw everything I loved about, about Marvel at it. So I always intended just to do these six. And it was such a massive compliment and a delight that as we got much later into production, Marvel and Disney were like, oh man, this is excellent and we want to keep going. So I just feel like my part is done, but I'm really excited to see where it's going to go next. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I found that kind of interesting. I am a little bit disappointed uh, though that she isn't coming back. Um, I'm sure they can knock it out of the park with the season two, even without her, but I'm curious how much creative control she had during this um, sort of six episode run. Because again, she she nailed it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they treated all of these series like a movie. That's kind of how they how they did it for all of them. Like Carrie Skoglin did the directing for all six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. So it's mm-hmm. kind of neat. Like they don't. I feel like they treated these like they were producing a movie, and I think that that was the sentiment for all three shows, which is kind of neat. And Michael Waldron's probably coming back though to write Loki. So I mean, that's something. Yeah, that's good. I think so. I don't think that was announced completely, but he's got an overall deal with Disney, so it's probably likely. We'll see. Hmm. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, what do you think of you know Tom Hiddleston playing Loki, but it's not the Loki we knew and love and grew with over the years, but Loki, Avengers Loki. He's still the same guy. I don't think there's that much different, like theoretically. Like he, he, he this is the the one issue I actually had with the show is that it kind of it took. Up to like the fourth episode, it kind of treated us like, or tr- treated Loki as as if somebody who lived for fifteen hundred years could change in an in instant. And mm-hmm. that's one of the problems I had uh, early on. But then they they explained how much more nuanced it was. I think especially with the last episode, mm-hmm. um, because he was telling Sophia, like Sophia, he's telling Sylvie um, at one point that like, but I've changed and I, I, I'm a different person now. And I instantly was like, really. Have you though? Because it's been fifteen hundred years or whatever how long he he's lived. Mm-hmm. It, it's it would be odd if you changed in five days. As much as he had his life literally flash before his eyes, that was the one thing it felt a little hokey. As well as him like working with Owen Wilson's character Mobius and literally saying we're friends. It's like, are you friends? You've known each other again for about five days, maybe a week, two weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's just a, it seemed a little odd in that regard. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it was clever to have him in that first episode where it's just like, yeah, like you said, his life flashed before his eyes, like TV s- scenes or whatever. And then after, you know, that ends, you can, as the viewer, you can kind of be like, oh, okay, so he's pretty much just the same Loki that we saw die at the end of the, sorry, at the beginning of uh, Infinity War. So yeah, I did, I did like that personally. Uh, but yeah, I guess it was a little bit hokey. And then, um, I don't know. I always took it like Loki's such an interesting character because everything he says can either be like, you never know if he's telling the truth. So even when he was saying like to Mobius, like, oh, we're pals or we're friends. I was I I was in the same boat. I'm like, are you, though? Like, I feel is he just saying that? You know what I mean? And I feel like more often than not, it seemed like he was just playing the game the entire time. It's possible. But when they're at the end of time and they see each other for the last time in the show. Mm-hmm. They kind of reiterate again that they're friends. So I don't know. I feel like that was sincere. It's hard to know again. Yeah, with, that last one. You can't trust him. But that that's, I mean, that, that's still, what, six days. It's just not that long. They haven't been together that long. So 
but uh, but yeah, that's the only thing that I kind of had a criticism about. But then I feel like they just showed that the the show was much more nuanced because of the way that episode six ended. Like it just didn't feel like they they took the fact that people can't trust Loki for granted, or the fact that Loki hasn't really changed that much that drastically over the course of the films. So, but I do think that still this is similar to the same Loki. Like it's much more similar to the same Loki than Sylvie is the same Loki or um, uh, Richard E. Grant. Uh, his version of Loki is an example. Like I don't think that those guys are very similar necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the guy who had like Thor's hammer, which I thought was cool. I don't think those guys are as similar. Yeah, I, I like that episode. I think it was episode five in the series where they all get introduced. Uh, we get like alligator Loki. We get old man, super mage Loki, um, kid Loki. Um, there's also even in that universe, it's it's kind of neat that like episode five is just full of Easter eggs. Like there's the Thanos copter in the background at one point, which I found uh, hilarious. There's frog Thor, who apparently uh, Chris Hemsworth actually voiced, if I recall correctly. Um but yeah, they didn't have him in it at all, um, really. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought that episode was neat. It was it was it was interesting to introduce so many Lokis and still have them be relatively different enough. Um, like I really like um, like old man super mage Loki and just him going like, yeah, like don't use knives, don't use weapons because like it it dampens like your magical ability and then you see how much more powerful he is in comparison to even sylvie uh and loki uh together like it's 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 pretty neat i i really like what they did there um with that um in terms of you know sylvie like wh- what do you think about her I, I really liked her inclusion in this yeah she's fantastic yeah like the it's very much like buddy kind of, kind of like a buddy drama the whole time i guess or buddy comedy and that they like it's Sylvie and Loki and Loki and Mobius and the the chemistry between Loki and either of those two characters is great the whole time. So yeah, no, it's awesome. Like the chemistry is really cool. Like uh, like uh, Sofia Di Martino is like I don't think she's in that much stuff. So this is kind of like not necessarily a like a big break for her, but it's cool to see her in the, in such a huge capacity. And she's mm-hmm. pretty great. She like did a great job in in that role. Yeah, I agree. I like her character a lot. She's just sassy. She's strong. She's witty. Um, and even though she is Loki, she felt unique enough to be like differentiated, uh, which I really like. Um, I, I don't know if you saw this, uh, but on Twitter, she posted a little thing um, that the costume that she wears throughout the series was actually made for like easy access to breastfeed and stuff like that. So it's neat that Marvel was like looking out for her in, in terms of that. And she was very grateful for it. Um but yeah, like I, I really like her inclusion a lot. I think um, they do a lot of like interesting stuff. The chemistry between her and Tom Hiddleston is like palpable. Like it's very noticeable. And even that brief, I think it's in episode five when her and uh, Mobius are together. I really like that as well. I, I, I really, it, it's interesting. The chemistry, between, to be fair, the chemistry between Owen Wilson and every single person on the cast is amazing. But yeah, the, I really the chemistry like, between Owen Wilson and any actor ever is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> just always. Um, but yeah, I really liked that. In terms of, um, you know, I guess the last episode, uh, are we going to see like Sylvie's obviously coming back for season two? There's no doubt in my mind. Um, you think she's going to just double down on like that she made the right decision, or do you do you think she's going to like regret the decision in the end? I don't know. She's probably going to double down on it. Yeah. I'm not sure. 
it's a, it's a it's a tough one. No matter what, their relationship is going to be completely strained. Mm-hmm. Like the the cool part of that last episode was when he's just sitting there and he's kind of like completely just dis- distraught. He's distressed because she's made this decision, but he has like a I kind of interpreted that as like a choice he had at that moment. And instead of making the choice to like just try to run away, he tried to fix it, mm-hmm. which I think is admirable. And then of course they show the fact that they that he's in a different branch of the timeline which i thought was kind of neat too but yeah i don't know it's hard to know at this point i feel like they could take it any direction mm-hmm. just like i didn't really necessarily expect in falcon and the winter soldier that he was gonna try and you know he was gonna give away the shield immediately i didn't i don't know i didn't know that that was gonna happen right away i guess the trailers kind of gave it away a little bit but yeah that's not something that i figured so they could kind of take it any direction at this point Mm-hmm. I never, by the way, there's never a moment that I ever thought I am just, I was thinking about it. I was looking it up. I, I don't recall there was any, emo, any moment in which I thought that Loki was going to be in Doctor Strange though. Is that an announcement you heard? Yeah, I definitely thought I read that online. I might be wrong about that, but I, I, again, like I said, I, I feel like I heard that. Um, Cause I would have given away like serious plot points for the show. Like I didn't know it was going to have that much of an impact. Like I remember when we watched WandaVision and we talked about it, we talked about how it was a, probably a good chance that that was going to have a big impact on Dr. Strange. Like that was going to be, and we didn't necessarily see that coming. Mm. And this show was kind of more up in the air because we didn't really quite know what it was going to be or to what depth it was going to potentially dive into the multiverse. Yeah. So um, just like a quick search, it's not from any reliable sources. Unfortunately, I must've read it wrong. I know Collider posted it. Um that Tom Hiddleston's Loki to appear in Doctor Strange 2. That's maybe the most like reliable source. When was that? Oh, sorry. Five days ago. Oh, five days ago. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about before the show aired. No, 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 no. Oh, well, Collider's pretty reliable. Oh, okay. I, I, thought, I, I thought you were sorry. That's completely – I was sure you, you were saying specifically before. You were talking. We were talking about the Doctor Strange timeline and how it was being – shuffled around and you thought that loki was going to be in it that's what i thought you said oh yeah, no maybe, maybe i worded it wrong but yeah um i, I know collider posted about that so um okay cool do you think that we'll see another version of sylvie or is she like a one-of-a-kind loki i think she's one of a kind like mm-hmm. plus the fact that she was pulled out of this she was i don't know it's interesting you could still have a female loki it's an interesting situation because like you might have one that's completely different the fact that she was like literally running for her entire life Mm-hmm. theoretically i mean maybe she's the same age as loki but she's been just been living in multiple she's been living in disaster after disaster for 50, like a thousand years like it's hard to know i don't i don't know if they ever really maybe they did i'm not sure that they actually told us the timeline of how many years she's actually lived which is kind of insane yeah i don't know if they mentioned it if they did i i definitely don't remember unfortunately speaking of that actually uh just briefly or speaking of the fact that their their relationship is is interesting in this they're the same person my my girlfriend was kind of weirded out by this concept that they are basically the same person and that they're in love. What do you think of that? Um, I thought it was a little bit weird, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I could look past it. It's like a multiverse. They're not actually the same person, you know. Yeah, I know, but but think but about it. Like they're they're it's self cessed or whatever you would call it. Um, I guess. Um, so yeah, it is it is definitely weird. And even if you like they still have the same parents, although from def- different universes. So when you th- actually maybe. Not, I don't know. This is, it's, it's a complicated one to think about. Uh, it's definitely on the weirder side. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole self cess stuff. It, yeah, I guess it was a little bit weird. It was. I can't remember. Did you watch The Wizard of Oz? Um, many, 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 many years ago. Okay, so you've seen it. This is very Wizard of Oz. 
And I, I feel like that's this comparison has been made a hundred times. But the concept of everything being gold, like following the yellow brick road in terms of this the place they're they're from, like I'm talking the yellowish color palettes, the goldish color palettes of the TVA. You can draw a parallel from even that to even the the yellow portals that they cross through, as in like a bridge to another land, aka the yellow brick road. All of the green, which is crazy, even the castle at the very end. And the fact that this guy doesn't really have any powers at the end, which is crazy, because um, he dies initially, but then he doesn't. I just find that that's very interesting in how the way they did man behind the curtain. Even the fact that these characters don't really know themselves, like Loki's adjusting who he is and trying to self-realize who he's going to become. Same with uh, Sylvie, very Wizard of Oz. The idea of like, you know, having, you know, searching for whether you can be courageous or, uh, you know, have a heart, all that. I have a brain, that type of, of idea. I just think that's kind of neat. They're on this adventure through time, but they find the these these like weird robot things are literally supposed to be all powerful, and they're not. When she cuts one of their their heads off, and it's like literally a robot. So mm-hmm. I I like the references to that. I don't think it's like blatant in, in that it's a bad thing. I think it's awesome, but I just think that it's it's cool how many parallels that they I think they clearly intentionally made to the Wizard of Oz. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess on that, like when when that scene happens where they where you find out, like, oh, the timekeepers are these just you know robots being controlled by someone else. Um, right. We have a uh, Gugu and Batha Raw's character, Ravona Renslayer. Um, it, it was interesting because you know she she is kind of the main antagonist for most of the series. You know, uh, not necessarily the one pulling the strings, but the one being pulled, and and, and she's you know, on the chase, on, on the chase for uh, Loki and Sylvie throughout the series. She's the one that, you know, kills Mobius or we believe that she kills Mobius and stuff like that. Um, it was interesting to see when that is revealed. I was curious, like, oh, like, did she, and, 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 you know, she ends it with killing Loki. I was, I was kind of flip-flopping. I was like, does she know that the timekeepers right. were robots? Like, did she know yeah. that they were being controlled? And, I mean, as the series progressed, I think she didn't and she just kind of doubled down and was like, oh, no, like we need order. Like um, she she just didn't know what else to do, I found. And I, I felt like that really uh, gave her extra dimensions as a character. And that's kind of when I almost not necessarily sympathized with her, but started to like her character a bit more. If that makes sense, I was, I was like, I can kind of see where she's coming from because, like, what else does she know? She she was ripped out of her universe, put on this, you know, in the TVA, given authority, and she has to make like follow these laws and and these rules. And when she realizes that these rules and laws were made by someone, or the you know the timekeeper, these timekeepers that aren't actually real, she didn't really know what to do. And I, I thought that was just a really unique and cool thing to do with uh, that character. Um, I like kind of how the at the end she has this like one final heart to heart with Mobius as well and just kind of pieces out. Do you think we're going to see this version of her character again? Uh, you mean like in season two? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it would be a shame. There's no other character version that I would care about. So I don't think that they would really focus on another version of Ravo- like Ravona Renslayer. I don't think that would be likely. It's actually a good thing to mention, actually, because we said this earlier, but Owen Wilson with uh, uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw also. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, chemistry. It's funny. Every – yeah, he, Owen Wilson's just a gem. That's what mm-hmm. I think. 
but yeah, I think that uh, no, it has to be have to be that version. It, it is. You're well, right. That's a really cool idea of like showing a different perspective of when you discover that that your whole life is turned on its head. Everything mm-hmm. you thought about, everything you believed about your your universe, the the world you live in, is completely wrong. And she just handled it so much differently. And I think that that's kind of interesting. It's an interesting take. Because I also thought, wait, she's just pulling the strings to some extent. Like she's got to line in to whoever's actually running the show. But she didn't. She mm-hmm. didn't know anything. She was equally as confused, but still she was almost like in – she was like the, the the individual who was in denial about this particular thing. Exactly. Yeah, just going through these these phases. And yeah, she didn't really know – yeah, like what to do. And and yeah, very much in denial. And I really liked seeing that angle because it's the exact opposite of, um, I, I believe the actress's name is One Me Mos- Mosako. Um, I definitely butchered that. Uh, she plays Hunter B-15. And I really like her. She's a She has like this awesome presence on screen. But when she finds the, tr- like when she realizes the truth and learns about it, she has the exact opposite effect. She's like, no, like why are we following these this ruler that we don't even know who he is or who they are. Um, and again, gets thrown in prison by Ravona Renslayer. I really liked that. Um, almost yeah, contrast between those two characters. It was, it was pretty neat. Yeah. It's cool. Cause they're both like, seem to be like diehard believers of, of what the timekeepers bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And one went one way and one went the other way. Yeah. It's a, it's a good call out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. In terms of uh, Ravona Renslayer, do you think like, is she going to be a villain? Um, like moving forward when we see her again, or do you think she's going to be good? Do you think she's going to work for a version of Kang, or do you think she might like team up with Loki trying to fix everything? I'm I'm kind of curious where they're going to take this character if, if they do bring her back. It's interesting. Like she, I don't know. She almost strikes me as this like weird outlier, almost like uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character from Doctor Strange. You don't quite know if that guy's going to be a villain. But he's clearly upset, mm-hmm. and then they show that end credit scene, and he's clearly distraught enough to do some evil things, which is interesting because he's like he's all he's like a fanatic, but in a different direction. I feel like that that might be the direction direction that she goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just a great actor, by the way. In general, she's in the morning show for a large amount of it as well, and she's incredible in the morning show. I, should, I feel like she might be the best actor in the morning show. I don't know in terms mm-hmm. of just that first season. She was very good, but anyway. Yeah, it's, it, that's an interesting, interesting questions you posed here. Did you write these down? These are some some solid, uh, like, you know, brainstorming questions here. Yeah, I wrote down some notes. I came prepared. You did. You did. You did well. You did well. Um, what else was I going to say? There was something else that was important to note. Oh, oh, am I insane? The music in this show is um, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Natalie Holt, I don't know what else she's done, honestly, but I was just like, I was listening to that soundtrack while I was like writing up. Uh, like episode 55 and 54 and i just think that that music is just so good and it's so it's got a really good range to it as well Mm -hmm. it's like it's balancing this idea of this like weird like uh retro technology future technology type idea of like the 80s but also like 2077 Mm -hmm. and then it also balances the concept of like asgard at the same time and I just think that the the medieval tones with the ultra futuristic, but also retro, is just it's it's I can't I can't stress enough that it's the best at least out of the three shows. I think it's the best music out of all three. Yeah, uh, I think I agree with you. It's the most memorable. Um, yeah, for sure. Great. 
Yeah, just that opening like sound and just how every episode starts is always just so it's just so hype. The title sequence is cool too. Like even just the simplicity of the changing the fonts mm-hmm. is really neat in that the way that they start the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it's really great, and I, I I really like that sort of eighties aesthetic like throughout the uh, TVA, and I'm I'm curious like why they decided to make it look like that because technically it's at the end of time like it, it's interesting i really like it i know i really like it i love retro futuristic mm-hmm. it's one of the it's it's a, like a a theme that i particularly like in like a, for instance it's gonna be a show now but the video game series like fallout yeah as an example like they do that there with like pip boy and and the way that the technology works it's almost they're like running dos it's like a version of dos throughout that world despite the fact that they should be ahead kind of thing yeah. based on the time period and this is the same way it's kind of neat because we know that they don't they sit somewhere random in time like they have holograms which is just crazy mm-hmm. but they also have like screens that are really outdated looking at the same time which is it's neat because like when you're in stuck in time in that way they guess to just like pieced it together with various pieces from the future and the past and maybe some alien technology yeah it, it's neat. it's kind of timeless you could you could make yeah, the argument sure. that I feel like if you watch the show at any time and you're you're looking at you know just the the backgrounds and everything it it, it doesn't look bad and it will look good regardless because it's not like they're trying to predict the future. I feel like in, in like a lot of movies when you're predicting the future and you have these like ridiculous inventions in it and then you know think of, like think of Blade Runner. We we were past the 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 year Blade Runner takes place. And it looks nothing like Blade Runner. <laughs> it's, um, so I don't know. I, I like right. the that unique sort of aesthetic they decided to put uh, into the show. It was super neat. Yeah, like as production design goes, I would be pretty surprised if like when the Emmys roll around for 2022 that they don't win. Of course, like we just got the Emmy nominate nominations for 2021, but the show didn't make the cut because it didn't finish yet mm-hmm. um, before the the nominations were put through. But yeah, like I, I would, I would say they probably will win. Even like costume design, it's it's cool. Like Loki in in all the various costumes that he wears in this in this show, it's just so awesome. There's something about like Loki wearing a tie that I can believe as well. It's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like him wearing that tie and that brown like coat like a detective. It's like it was like again, it is buddy cop movie almost more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. At least during those segments of. Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston working together. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting as well to see the contrast between Sylvie's outfit and Loki's outfit throughout the series too. Um, yeah. Cause his is very like down to earth and yeah, that, that eighties detective cop sort of thing. Whereas hers is just like this fantasy She's holding on, you know, sort of, yeah. Like very Asgardian looking thing or not even Asgardian, but just very, uh, very, very super looking, superhero ish looking, um, different from your regular earth clothing. Um, and yeah, I, I really like that. Now, um, I mean, I'd be remiss to not bring up who I think was one of the stars of this show, Tara Strong and her portrayal of Miss Minutes. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say Miss Minutes, <laughs> but then you you gave the, the actor some credit, which I appreciate. Yeah, and yeah she, that's really cool. Yeah, that, that character was fun. I really like that in general. And it, and it had more, she had more of a role than I thought mm-hmm. going in. At least because she kind of disappeared for a few episodes and then she came back. Yeah, it was uh, I, I would have loved it if it was just like, no, Miss Minutes is actually the real bad guy. Like there's no one behind it. It was Miss Minutes all along. We made a unique character for this show. I would have kind of loved that. Um, 
But I really like Miss Minutes. She's super cute. Like she's a cute little, you know, character that's introduced that is, I guess, a lot more sinister than we thought she was. And I really like at the beginning of the the show in the first episode when they do that sort of uh, multiverse TVA like introduction sort of video um, where she's explaining right. everything. It's very Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like it reminds me of Jurassic Park and the, like Mr. DNA. You know what I mean? And it's just this sure. very – Yeah, that's a good call. It's this very jolly explanation of some very complicated things. And uh, yeah. yeah, I really liked that. Um, I, I, I I thought actually as well uh, like of – and it does the same thing with that retro technology with Lost as well. Though there's no animation mm-hmm. in the Lost uh, intro videos for like Dharma Initiative. But it struck me as that as well a little bit. And that's when I really – I was like, ooh, they got something here. They got me because of this – the the way that they're showing this off and the way that the the aesthetic of that entire place of the TVA it just looks so iconic I, me- I must say the production design the costume design the creation of what Miss Minutes is that video and the way that that video will like, go down in history as the thing that it's gonna lead to a multiversal war mm-hmm. like I think that if we're gonna go full circle here as we round out the end of this episode of our podcast we may as well talk about the impact of what this means for the mcu like learning who kang is having him introduced in this way which is automatically that's where i we kept talking about on previous episodes of our podcast how risk averse they kind of seem in the marvel shows you know they could be taking bigger bigger swings mm-hmm. this is a big swing and that this is changing things fundamentally for the entire like that's crazy like the branches that it created the, the fact that Kang is now this Thanos-like figure that's sitting on the horizon and we're it, – it's kind of like where Mark Ruffalo in Infinity War, he's he lands and he's like, he's coming. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of feels a little bit like that because when Loki runs out at the end of the series of, of the first season and he says he's coming, it's 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 over and it's already kind of happened uh, when Mobius doesn't even know who he is. Mm-hmm. It's pretty – pretty daunting it kind of feels like again the storm is coming yeah it's super neat because it's just how do you top a villain like thanos that destroyed or you know like killed off half the universe of things and i guess the only way to do that is create a bunch of universes and have them possibly all be destroyed um so it's a really cool way of you know upping the ante without it feeling like thanos was just a like whatever you know villain sort of deal like it it just it feels bigger without it making everything that came before it smaller, if that makes sense. Yeah. He's living on a 2D plane, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and Kang is working 3D here. Well, yeah, literally. <laughs> That's how it feels like. And um, um, more than three dimensions, Simon. Countless. 40. Countless dimensions. Yeah, countless. Yeah, he's working infinite. He's working infinite dimensions and Thanos was working on three dimensional. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see where it goes. Cause yeah, like the, I mean, you mentioned that, um, you know, we, we probably are going to get like the Ravona Renslayer back, uh, that we've seen throughout this, the series, but the way this show ends, we have a totally different Mobius back. Do you think we're going to get back the season one Mobius or is it going to be like Loki remaking his relationship with this new Mobius? Are they going to be crossing through a bunch of different, you know, universes and being reconnected with the other characters that he's already come across? That's a question that I definitely had as this show wrapped up. And I, my answer immediately was the real Mobius will stand up. Like he'll be back. Mm -hmm. Like that Mobius is the important Mobius because he's the one who self-realized. 
I thought that initially, but now I wonder if if Marvel cares enough about that character to do that. And I hope they do. Mm-hmm. I know that they think that this particular Loki is the star of the show and he's the most important piece. And that particular Sylvie, I think, arguably, because I don't think there is another Sylvie, will be that important player. But I hope they feel that way with the original Owen Wilson's Mobius and don't just make multiple versions of him that are just keep showing up as like a, almost like a set, like a piece of the set. Okay, I hope he's not set dressing. He's actually important to the overall storyline and then he shows up again. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if they don't bring it back um, or bring that Mobius back. I mean, again, you could do a similar thing with, you know, what we had with Loki in the first episode where it's Loki watching everything that happened beforehand. But instead, uh, Mo- the new Mobius watching it, Loki just explains everything. But I feel like it's a little bit less of an impact because uh, as a viewer, I do want that original Mobius back. Like I spent I mean, it wasn't in every episode. I think he was in four out of the six, if I recall correctly. And like, like I, I want him back. I want him in, in, in those episodes. If not five out of the six episodes now, I think. I guess there's the same question of like with Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Like Tom Hiddleston's Loki kind of got to the same self-realized spot in a way that he would potentially risk his life to save his brother and maybe Earth by sneaking up on Thanos to try and kill him. Mm -hmm. So I I wonder – because it seems like they're on a similar spot at least by the end of the series. Theoretically, theoretically. So I don't know. Like – it's a question of like, will we just keep getting the same Mobius over and over again as well? Maybe that's the question that they'll, they'll pose. I just, yeah, I do rather have that Mobius. I don't know. There's something about that because they are different people. Yeah. It's unquestionable that that's the case. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like, okay, so the MCU now is, this is like, this is, they blew the top off. This is opening the door. Like I, I was questioning and I don't, this might be an extreme, but okay, let's go to the less extreme first. X-Men, Fantastic Four. Those are in their own universes, in my opinion. What do you think? So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. I, I definitely do think that they are going to be in like it's a separate universe. Because, um, yeah, how do you kind of just be like, hey, you know, Fantastic Four has been fantasticking all along in our existing Marvel universe. So the X-Men have been X-Men all along with the. Uh, to be quite honest, Fantastic Four is e- an easier play. But the X-Men, I don't know. Yeah, that would be a tough one. Um, but yeah, it's it's also interesting because King the Conqueror. So um, like his his character is uh, its real name is Nathaniel Richards. So now this hasn't been cur- confirmed in the MCU, but in traditional fashion, Nathaniel Richards is uh, again like a descendant of Reed Richards, who's in the Fantastic Four. This this kind of poses the question: Is we might actually see a Black Reed Richards for one, because it makes sense considering Nathaniel Richards is a black man. Um, yeah, at least in this true. universe. Uh, but yeah, well, depending, depending, like we don't know, they changed lots of things. Will they be related? Like exactly. Yeah. At least in this universe, the, the original Avengers universe is uh, Quicksilver related to Magneto. Uh, no. So yeah, that's a good point. Actually. Yeah, that's a good point. But, uh, I'm curious, like, uh, what they're going to do with that. But yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think they are in their uh, own universe and, I mean, we know that Fantastic Four is coming like sooner than the X-Men, as far as I'm aware. Like, I think they were announced to be, was it at the end of phase four that they're being introduced or whatever? Or the beginning of phase five. I remember they had that like little logo with like fan, like the four when they had that Marvel sizzle reel, uh, which happened not too long ago. They did ago. it for both. Did they do it they've for been, X-Men as well? They've been teasing this for a while. Uh, no, sorry. You're just saying whether it was X-Men. No, no, they didn't oh, do it for okay. X-Men. Yeah, but they did Fantastic Four like they teased it a long time ago, and then they teased it again recently again. Yeah, 
So, um, yeah, like I'm excited to see their their introduction into this. And again, with everything that happened in Loki as well, it it begs the question of like what's going to happen with Spider-Man? Is this new Spider-Man movie going to be a Spider-Verse movie? <laughs> well, in some way, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, you can't have they wouldn't be doing these weird things with like Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina as like uh, Doc Ock as an example. Like, would you do that? I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I think there would be building up to having multiple Spider-Man, though. I, I don't think we really want to have our hopes up that Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield are in this. Like, it just seems so unlikely based on the number of times people have refused this. And the fact that Tom Holland is leaked almost everything <laughs> every time. Yeah, like there's no way he can hold it in all of a sudden. Come on. It's not happening. This isn't happening. I think it's going to be disappointment, honestly. Expectations, man. Expectations, uh... When fans' expectations, their imaginations run wild. When they're not kept in check, something that can be technically very amazing can be perceived as absolutely terrible because your expectations went a completely different direction. It, it can really ruin it uh, for you in the, in the long run when the when when they actually show the the movie. Mm. I just feel like it, I feel like a lot of people's expectations are just too high in this case. Yeah, I, I think I'm in, still in that same boat. Like, I don't think they're in it. I'm keeping my expectations in check. And if they end up being in it, sweet. That's going to be a hype moment. Um, however, I mean, knowing Sony, I feel like I remember the like Spider-Man Homecoming. Tri- I mean, there were still a few reveals, to be fair, in like Spider-Man Homecoming and and in Spider-Man um far from home but I, I feel like sony has a tendency to just show as much as they can in their trailers like i think about the morbius trailer and how there's the reveal at the end of it that uh, michael keaton's vulture is in there um so i'm curious if they're just gonna blow their load in like a trailer and be like hey by the way like they finish the trailer off with you know andrew garfield or or toby mcguire that would be a, a huge disappointment you're saying for this next spider-man or for yeah, for this next spider-man one? Why do you? Why would you think that? Like, why would you think that they would reveal like that? Yeah, like I just said, like in the Morbius trailer, they reveal that you know Vulture is in that movie. Vulture being the, like played by Michael Keaton from Spider-Man: Homecoming. Like they have it. I completely understand, but that isn't a reveal at all. That's pretty light. That's a reveal light I, in re- reality. Definitely not as big as that, but I still think it is a pretty big reveal because everyone was still questioning whether or not these Sony movies are in the MCU. But they're not. We we talked about that on our podcast. So this guy, one of the heads of Sony, literally said that they're not related. Yeah, but yeah, I know. But it still has Michael Keaton's vulture in it, which is the weird part. But again, now I guess all of that can be swept under the the rug a bit because everything's a multiverse. Sony's movies are taking place in their own multiverse or in their own universe, separate from this MCU verse, and they still might be connected and stuff. But yeah, I don't think they said that. I don't think it went so far as to say that it's a different universe, but that's possible. Yeah. Would you go so far as to say that Eternals is in a different universe? Um, I don't know enough about it, but I'm going to say no. Why? Why do they show up now? That's my question. As opposed to like when Thanos was about to kill everyone off? Yes. or Because that's half the universe. When he did. So maybe that's only one universe. So why didn't these crazy, all living like... These, these immortal beings, why would they not come down to save the day or at least get involved when they knew that this was happening? For potentially years, he's been looking for the Infinity Stones. Mm. It's an interesting concept. The only thing that's, that's, I guess, a negative against that theory is the fact that Richard Madden's character in the trailer says, 
I could replace Tony Stark. Yeah, he did mention that in the trailer. Also, to- I don't know. What is he referencing? Maybe he's referencing I could be the Tony Stark in this universe because they don't have the Avengers. That's possible. I don't know. It's it's interesting. The the only kind of thing that I would say maybe that goes against that, um, like them being in a different universe, is that the Eternals originally was supposed to come out before both like uh, WandaVision, uh, Multiverse Madness and Loki, like originally. So it would be I feel like it's just going to be explained in the movie being like, oh, yeah, we we're busy doing something else or 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 whatever, because even with um, Infinity War, a lot of people had that same sort of thought, like, why the hell didn't Captain Marvel show up? And then in Endgame, it was kind of just explained like she was off doing other shit. She, she literally says, like, oh, there's like a bunch of other stuff going on. So I feel like now that they are in the universe and they're probably going to explain it in some way in the Eternals movie. It's possible. It's just getting crowded in this particular universe. So there's a there's a chance that anything we see post this Infinity War is not is not in that universe because it's weird. You're just you're just piling them, piling all these characters in. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. But yeah, I, I, I would bet that it's in the same universe. I guess we'll just wait and find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's really it for the show that I have, like in my notes, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, that's all good. Uh, yeah, no, it was good. It's probably the best Marvel show currently. I think you said that at the top. And, uh, I think that it, again, it just exceeded my expectations by the end. I found that it, it took some turns, like it had some worse episodes or some worse moments, but ultimately the fact that they did what they did in the last episode and to not have this crazy battle to really take their time with it and introduce Kang in the most, I feel like the, the slowest possible burn way possible to really kickstart the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the multiversal war, which is bound to happen. It just makes this show the greatest, plus all the production design and the music that we talked about, the overall direction. I feel mm-hmm. like it it was fantastic. That's my view anyway. Yeah, I feel like uh, – yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I think it is probably the most important piece of MCU content to come out post-Endgame. Um, it has the biggest impact on the like universe and it makes me very excited to see what's to come and how Marvel studios is going to balance all of this. Uh, because I feel like with the multiverse, it can go off the rails really quickly. Um, so I hope that they, uh, they'll be able to keep up this quality and not make it totally uncomprehensible. So far, so good incomprehensible i guess is the right word thank you for joining me for incomprehensible uh, not it's it's incomprehensible or uncomprehensible it's incomprehensible right not uncomprehensible yes just wanted to verify man it's gotta be sure yes gotta be sure baby yes indeed thank you for joining me for our closer look episode and uh i'll see you uh i see you on episode 56 adrian and the audience and the audience i hope to see you without actually seeing you because that's impossible it's not impossible we're a virus well we're inside your phone. What? We're looking through your camera right now. Are you okay? Oh, shit. <laughs> what the hell happened? You okay? I think the TVA just appeared and took Simon away. So uh, with that, take care, everyone. Goodbye.